Welcome to the Parsha Perspective. Each week, we will delve deep in a weekly Torah portion to find a practical and insightful way to enhance your daily life. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rabbi Shalom Yemini, and each week we'll look into the weekly Torah portion to find practical and insightful ways to enhance your daily life. This week's Parsha Perspectives in honor of the Rafu Shalema of Racham Aleya Basara, Mishi, and all those who need experience a complete and speedy recovery. This week's Parsha Perspectives in loving memory of Leah Mincha Basak of Yosef, Edward ben Ephraim, Shlomo ben Edward, and Yerachmiel Daniel ben Gedalia. May their souls be uplifted and may their memories be a blessing. This week's Torah portion is Parshas Shoftim, the king is in the field. Before I begin... I would like to mention that I just returned from a two-week trip, a two-week experience in our homeland, the land of Israel, and no amount of words can truly detail my experience there. But I look forward to sharing all the perspective and inspiration and holiness that I received in those two weeks as we prepare for the Yom Narayim, the High Holidays, in this month of Elul. Our Parsha begins with Moshe Rabbeinu outlining the leadership structure for the Jewish nation. We begin with the commandment of appointing judges and police officers to maintain law and order in each city. Moshe then details specific laws for judges against corruption and the perversion of justice. As the Pusik writes, Tzedek 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 you must surely pursue justice justly. Moshe continues and gives over the regulations for kings, such as not having many wives or requiring excessive amounts of wealth. He relates why Kohan and why priests do not inherit any portions in the land of Israel, for God is their inheritance. Moshe then expounds on the prohibition of engaging in witchcraft and offers guidance on how to discern between a genuine and a false navi, a false prophet, along with the penalties for those who falsely claim divine communication. However, a question comes to mind. Moshe Rabbeinu in our Parsha explains the legal process for matters or questions or issues that the regular Jewish courts cannot answer. The Pasuk writes, Ki mishpat, dam ledam, din ledin, nega, Hashem If a case is too baffling for you to decide, be it a controversy over a homicide, civil law, assault, or dispute in the court, you shall get up and go to the place that the Lord your God has chosen. What specific location is Moshe been referring to? And why doesn't he explicitly mention and specify which place he is talking about? Furthermore, why does he use the words, Kamta you shall get up and you shall rise up and go, rather than you shall go to the place that God has chosen Rashi, Rev Shlomo Yitzchaki, the leading Torah commentary, gives a simple explanation. He writes that Moshe Rabbeinu is obviously referring to God's chosen place, the Mishkan or the Bismigdash, where the Sanhedrin, the highest Jewish court, resided. In Moshe's era, the Sanhedrin conveyed at the entrance of the Oyel the tent of meeting known as the Mishkan, and they continued to be there until the construction of the Bismigdash. And after its establishment, the Sanhedrin occupied a special chamber within the courtyard of the Bismagdash called the Lishkas Hagazis. While the Mishkan was at the center of the desert formation while the Jewish people traveled, the Bismagdash itself was also situated on a mountain. And hence, Moshe Rabbeinu uses the words, You shall get up, you shall rise up and go, signifying to the journey that they required to take to seek clarity and resolutions for complex and contentious matters.
However, the Al Sheikh Hakadosh, Rav Moshe Al Sheikh, gives a deeper and more profound explanation. He writes that Moshe Rabbeinu does not specify a place that God has chosen, for it is not just a physical location, but an eternal journey. Moshe Rabbeinu is preparing the nation for times such as our current reality, where there is no Sanhedrin or Bismillah, and society is challenging the concept of God's sovereignty over our world. When conventional wisdom discredits our identity and calls into question the very purpose of our existence, the Al Sheikh Hakadosh explains that Moshe Rabbeinu did not specify a physical location, because we can connect with God and get the answers we seek even during Gullus, even during exile. The Al Sheikh Hakadosh himself lived long after the destruction of the Second Temple in the early 1500s and was a student of Rav Yosef Karo, the holy author of the Shulchan Aruch. The method, according to the Al Sheikh Hakadosh, to resolve complex matters that we face today is Vikamta Ve'elisa. You shall get up, you shall rise up and go. We must abandon the exile mentality and attitude and rise up to the level of internal redemption. We should exist with the conviction that God is guiding us to the places we need to go to make this world a home for Him once again. This immensely profound lesson is ever more relevant as we enter the month of Elul and begin to prepare for the new year for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. According to Hasidus, there is a powerful mushal that explains the perspective we need to have during this month. The king is in the field. The mushal paints a picture of a king that is usually secluded in his palace, surrounded by his royal guard in his regal chambers, limiting his accessibility to his people. But during this month, the king leaves his magnificent palace and goes to the field to see, to greet his people. The entourage, the formidable walls, the grand throne room, the royal guards are all absent. Only the king and his people. The idea behind this mushal, behind this metaphor, is that during the month of Elul, God's divine presence is more accessible, is more approachable. But we too must leave the city to see the king. We must let go of limitations, of barriers, for a chance to grow and develop a connection with our Creator, with our Father in Heaven. This profound journey begins with authenticity, with humility, with vulnerability, leaving the familiar behind to be close to the King once again. In our daily life, it is imperative that we understand that to create meaningful, to create lasting relationships, we need to step out of our comfort zone and share our true, our authentic selves. We need to let go of the masks we hide behind to develop a real and enduring connection that will stand the test of time. And this is signified by a quote by the Lord Jonathan Sachs. Believing and doing are part of a single continuum. Both are measured from a living relationship that is characterized by loyalty and conviction. Have a great weekend, a good Shabbos, and a powerful month of Elul. Thank you for tuning in to The Parsha Perspective. Check out our website, theparshaperspective.com. Send thoughts and comments to theparshaperspective at gmail.com. Till next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.